I look at people that really gave their lives to me in, in so many ways and taught me so many things. I just feel like, you know, what else can I do? That's all part of what our life in Christ is about, too, and the whole idea of mentoring, of helping other folks along. Welcome to this week's edition of First Person. I'm Wayne Shepard. My guest today is movie producer Rick Eldridge, whose film The Ultimate Life will be released in a few days. I'll introduce you to Rick, and you'll hear our conversation in just a few moments. Today's interview, along with dozens of others, is archived on our website, so you can go back and listen anytime. Some of the names you'll recognize and some you won't, but each person tells their story of faith in Christ and describes their calling which they have received from the Lord. Go to firstpersoninterview.com to gain access to the files, which you can listen to anytime, or download through iTunes for playback at your convenience. Once again, firstpersoninterview.com. Well, a few years ago, a popular movie was released called The Ultimate Gift about a young man who learned what to value in life from his late grandfather. Well, a new film, which is both a prequel and a sequel called The Ultimate Life, will be released next week. And earlier this year, I was invited to visit the set of this movie in North Carolina to talk with the producers and cast. Rick Eldridge, whose film credits include Bobby Jones and many other projects, is the producer of The Ultimate Life. And during a break in the filming, we found a place to sit down and talk about his life and career. Well, my uh, first career, if you want to call it, was in music. And uh, everybody's kind of got their track for how they get to where they get, I guess. And uh, I uh, had recorded four albums back in the 70s. I was one of the early, you know, rock and roll Jesus guys, and uh, I got kicked out of churches back then. But uh, you know, somebody finally realized that we were sincere. And, I bet you know, your hair was Christian, longer too, wasn't it? It was. I had a little more of it too, yeah. <laughs> but it uh, wasn't quite as gray. Uh, the thing that we've been able to 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 do through that and go through the years is, uh, I've I've you know started writing music and producing music and then recording music in, in a studio in Orlando. And um, uh, was working with a symphony, you know, doing a couple tracks for a session that we were doing. And the engineer looked at me after the session and said, Rick, have you ever thought about doing music for film? <laughs> and I said, no, I'd love to do that. I'm, you know, I never had the chance to do that. And uh, I, long story short, got to do a movie called Kingdom of the Dinosaurs, which won a bunch of awards and, you know, did okay for itself. And the music, music won an award too. And so the next call I got, this was Orlando, Florida. Was uh, was from Disney, and they said we uh, we've heard about you. We've uh, we'd like to talk to you about this studio that we're going to be building in Orlando, and we're going to be needing some people that have certain expertise and skills to work in the studio. And they said, "Can you send us your reel?" That's what people do. They say, mm-hmm. "Send me all you show yeah, me your stuff. Yeah, That's your right, resume." Right. And so I said, "Well, I got this movie I just did. I didn't tell them that was all I had, but <laughs> I sent them the movie and." Uh, uh, wound up, uh, actually, long story short, a company that was contracted on both the Universal Studios lot and the Disney MGM lot and, uh, you know, kind of migrated from doing just music to doing sound design to doing mixed to picture to then story editing. And uh, then uh, we had, of course, on the Universal lot, we had uh, Nickelodeon there. We had, uh, you know, Viacom doing a lot of their shows for Fox and for some of their networks. And and on the Disney lot, we had Adventures in Wonderland. We had the Mickey Mouse Club and so many things going on over there. So you there. learned as you went along. And so I just kind of walked through the whole process and um, eventually wound up doing my own show. and um, Which was? You know, which was called Check It Out. Okay. And uh, it was a, a show that was uh, a set as a music 
variety, you know, show that we did at Universal. And, uh, you know, from there, I just, you know, kind of evolved into what I'm doing today. <laughs> Which is what? You have a company called RealWorks in Charlotte, North Carolina. The company is RealWorks in Charlotte. And we, uh, we have studios there that are very similar to Universal, just in the Charlotte area. And uh, we do, we have sound stages, production facilities. And uh, so we can, can manage production for third-party clients, people that just come in and say, hey, we need you know, a soundstage or we need a, an edit suite or we need an audio thing done or whatever it happens to be. And we can get in at any level of that, but uh, it also services as uh, um, the opportunity for us to do our productions mm-hmm. and, and we can utilize the facilities for editing and finishing. And so it kind of gives us a nice background to, 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 to run the business, but yet have the ability to do our own productions as well. Well, Rick, on this show, we always talk to people about their faith story. I'd like to hear your faith story, and uh, then I want to talk about this new movie that we're on the set for today. But uh, tell me about where you've come from and and, uh, how Christ uh, impacts your life. Well, I uh, grew up in a little mill village in North Carolina and uh, went to the First Baptist Church of Mount Holly. Uh, my dad was a deacon, so uh, at 12 years old, all little Baptist boys get baptized, and so I, I did too. <laughs> it's a rite of passage, and, uh, isn't it? It really is. And uh, so I, I grew up with a really uh, you know, strong family, a Christian family. My mom and dad uh, you know, were, were always there to support us. We, we lived in a mill village that was probably—we didn't know what we didn't have, but we, we were happy, you know? Yeah. And uh, Mill means and, textile mills. Uh, textile that, that, mills uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, all of that, and— uh, you know, the, the thing that, that God, I guess, gave me, which I don't really know where it came from, was an ability to play music. And uh, so I picked up a guitar when I was very young and just started, you know, strumming on it and playing with it. And uh, nobody told me how to tune it. So I kind of made up my own chords and they sounded pretty good. So I'd do it. And then somebody came along and did me the favor of tuning my guitar. And <laughs> then I had to start over again because my chords didn't work, you know. And um, But that was really my entree to to uh, really begin to look beyond, you know, working in a cotton mill, which is really what I thought mm-hmm. my future might be. And, um, and along the way, um, you know, ran into some guys that, um, you know, were, were doing some Christian music. At the time, it was gospel music. You know, yeah, nobody knew yeah, what contemporary Christian music contemporary was. Christian, yeah. And uh, so I, uh, I, I was able to, to learn some things and, and do some things with them. And, and um, at the age of 16, I, I had a, um, a friend of mine that called me from... Uh, and said, there's a band that's going to be playing at the high school tonight, and uh, you know you need to go hear them. And I said, well, okay, I will. And uh, as a Sammy Hall Singers was the name of this group. I, I went and I heard this guy, and he 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 talked about you know being a rock star and making a big hit and and having all these things happen. And then he got into drugs. He just basically gave his testimony, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting there, you know, kind of thinking, well, I'm a Christian, you know, I'm you know I got all that covered and stuff, but. I want to. I want to do what he's doing. I want to make yeah. the make the hit album. And <laughs> and uh, but as he told his story, and maybe I was smart enough, or maybe my dad had had uh, taught me enough. But I I said, you know, if that's where it got him, and and this is where he is today, then maybe I can skip all that other stuff mm-hmm. and just. And so, long story short, I I went down and rededicated my life to Christ, and probably really, really for the first time said, "Okay, I'm serious now. Yeah. I'm not just a 12 year old Baptist boy that did it because he's supposed to." You know, this really <laughs> no is going to make a difference. Yeah. And so from then on, I started writing Christian music, and uh, you know, uh, I I was a pretty good guitar player at the time. I just kind of picked it up on my way, and. So Sammy Hall asked me after after he got to know me. Somebody had probably, you know, told him a little bit about me, and 
um, he asked me if I'd uh, play some music with him. And so uh, I wound up doing that a little bit, which, uh, which immediately got me involved in people that are doing, you know, doing things with something that I enjoyed with music. So that was really my entree to, to be able to see where, where God wanted to use me. And, um, at that time I started writing songs and as I tell people now, you know, I've always told stories, you know, I did them in the form of three minute songs mm-hmm. and now I do it in the form of yeah. two hour movies. Yeah. Which is really but, interesting. Uh, it is. That was kind of my, my quest. And, and then w- when I really became um, serious with, with what God was going to do with my life, um, you know, he uh, led me out of my little mill village town and uh, uh, allowed me the ability to, to really see the world and, and do a lot of great things. And, and um, and I've really been blessed to uh, to be able to use the talents and abilities you've given me in that way. Isn't it amazing to think back over your life and see how those those early experiences and even even that humble beginning, you know, God uses that and He He prepares you even though you don't know what's ahead. He really does. And and uh, people ask me a lot of times, you know, how how did this how did this happen for you? How did you get to do albums and 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 I say, you know what, I I I guess just. Having God, you know, open the door and 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 let me through, and and that seems like such a pat answer, but it really was for me. I mean, I would, I was naive. I mean, you know, I'd never had had much of anything in my life, and I remember singing at this little coffee house in Charlotte called the Salt Cellar, and you know, I'm there doing my music, and there's a couple hundred people out yeah. there, and, and this is back in the this 70s? is in the seventies, seventies, yeah. This is the birth so, of contemporary Christian music. That's right, and so you know, I'm I'm there just playing my music and doing my thing, and after the concert, a guy comes up to me and says. Says, uh, Rick, have you ever thought about doing an album? And I said, Well, I'd, I'd love to. I, I can't afford it. And he said, Well, what if somebody paid for it for you? I said, Well, that'd be just great, <laughs> you know. And and that's kind of how things happened. And and I, I think it's a it's a great lesson of life too because I've you know along the way we we do get ambitious and we do you know try to make things happen and. And I think I've found in my life that the, the times I tried to knock the door down and and you know bust through the wall and go make something happen were usually the times I wound up flat on my face and and the times where you know it just seemed very natural that there's a leading somewhere and uh, you know things were just falling into place that you know guess what there was somebody leading the way and and uh, and God really uh, you know really does have a path that He wants us to follow and. And uh, and it uh, it's really something to see that happen and see it work. And I know you got a lot of uh, experience ahead of you as well. But even at this point, isn't it fun to look back and to give back to to reach back and to to uh, teach some others what you've learned along the way? Oh, it really is. You know, I look at people that uh, that really gave their lives to me in, in so many ways and taught me so many things. And and uh, I just feel like you know what else can I do? But uh, but that I think that's that's all part of what what our life in Christ is about too, and the whole di- idea of mentoring, of helping other folks along, and and really uh, beginning to to grow our work through the work of others, you know, and uh, that that's really what it's all about. I think Jesus did a little bit of that with his disciples, huh? More with today's guest Rick Eldridge, the producer of the new movie The Ultimate Life, coming up today on First Person. Next time, Larry Eskridge tells us about the Jesus people in America. The Jesus people movement served as a bridge between sort of the youth revolution and all the turmoil and changes that were coming along, a bridge between church and the culture, you know, because of the existence of the Jesus people. We'll talk with Larry Eskridge about God's forever family, an in-depth look at the Jesus people, next time on First Person.
Joining me on the program today is Rick Eldridge. Rick is a movie producer now. Uh, we've heard uh, his life story up until this point, but we're, as I said earlier, we're actually on the set of The Ultimate Life, which is a movie that's being made both as a prequel and a sequel to a very popular movie called The Ultimate Gift from a few years ago, which you produced, Rick. And and uh, I want you to uh, tell us about this new movie. Uh, here we are in North Carolina on the set today, and I know you're excited about this. We are excited about it. Uh, the Ultimate Life picks up three years after The Ultimate Gift, with uh, Jason Stevens now running the foundation and uh, dealing with a lot of the, the issues of that. He's, he's learned a lot of things from his grandfather, which, which uh, you know, is Red Stevens. Uh, yeah, give us the synopsis of Garner. The Ultimate Gift uh, from a few years ago. Well, James Garner plays this character who is at the end of his life, has been a self-made man. Uh, he's a billionaire. He's got a huge foundation, and he's done a lot of good. He's uh, you know involved with a lot of charitable giving. Uh, but he feels like a failure because he has a dysfunctional family that uh, along the way he's neglected to spend time with. And so a lot of those same values that he's found in life, he's neglected to instill in his family. And so he sees that his legacy is really in jeopardy and he's a failure. And he sees this young 22-year-old kid, Jason Stevens, who reminds him a little bit of himself maybe with uh, some of his attitude and his spunkiness, but but yet he, he sees hope in this kid. And uh, begins to share what he calls the gift, you know, the gifts to to this grandson. And uh, at the end of the road is the ultimate gift, which, of course, the kid thinks is all about the money. And, right. you know, I'll do anything for the money. <laughs> and at the end of the day, he he learns about the value of life and it's the a lot values more important of virtues than money. that. And, mm-hmm. and um, so he, he does take over the foundation. And now we're three years later, and uh, the ultimate life is, is um, Jason running the foundation, uh, learning all of the ins and outs of that, and also dealing with now the greedy family who wants to sue him, and uh, and also his love interest in the first film, Alexia, who is feeling a little neglected herself because uh, he has some of the same demons maybe that, that Red had of mm-hmm. uh, working and, and not paying attention to, to many of the things that do matter. And so uh, he's uh, he's finding those things challenged now as we get forward. Well, The Ultimate Life is about to be released, and we wanted to have this conversation while it was being made so that we could tell our listeners about it. Now, the fun thing about this movie is that it's also a prequel. So you go back and you tell Red's early life, which, right. which takes you back and makes us a period movie. And that's where, in the, in the story, is at this point, really a low point for Jason where he feels like, you know, I don't want to lose the foundation. I've been, you know, you know, instill the, the ability to run all of this and, and, and I don't want to let my grandfather down. I, uh, I, he feels the responsibility of that. Uh, he's also losing his girl, he thinks, because of his, his, he's not giving her the time he needs. And at this low point, he, uh, he gets the journal, uh, which is given to him by Red Stevens' best friend and uh, attorney, you know, Hamilton, played mm-hmm. by Bill Cobbs. Right, great actor. And uh, as we, we open up the journal, we, we see the very first entry in the journal is a young 16-year-old Red Stevens in, in the 1940s, right after the Depression, and and the uh, it says, I'm tired of being poor. And and then we begin to, through the journal, take a ride through history and through uh, the whole history of American life through World War II, through so many different sequences and time periods that... Uh, as we learn about Red and his life and how he learned uh, about life through people that he met along the way. He meets a, a guy, Jacob Early, who is played by uh, uh, Peter Fonda, 
who becomes a mentor to him. Uh, he meets a first, first stop is, uh, is a train. People back then hop trains to go places <laughs> and he runs into this hobo who helps him, uh, you know, avoid the regulators that are pulling yeah. people we off. We saw trains. that scene being filmed here today, That's just right. a few moments ago. And, uh, David Mann, who, uh, is a phenomenal actor from meet the Browns and uh, a sure. lot of Tyler Perry's yeah. movies plays the hobo and, uh, really becomes a, a mentor to him and, and really teaches him his first lesson. And it's a lesson of gratitude, uh, as they get on the train and uh, and the the hobo you know is basically uh, you know the next morning as they're riding in this rail car on the way to Texas he's kind of riding into the sky and uh, and uh, Red's young Red says what are you doing he says well I'm doing my golden list and Red says golden list what's that and he says well my grandmother taught me that if I wake up every morning and I think about the things that I'm grateful for and I write them down that uh, my day will be perfect. Everything will be fine because I'll think about all the things that I have to be thankful for. Now, wait a minute. He's a hobo riding a train saying this. Exactly. (laughs) And so Red Stevens says, what do you got to be thankful for? You're a hobo. And and, and Red turns to him and he says, or or the hobo says to Red, uh, well, let's look at you. You know, you've got a lot to be thankful for. And he he uh, talks about I helped you, you know, avoid the regulators to get on this train. You know, you you know, got your limbs. You know, you're 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 healthy. You're young. You're, uh, and so he gives him these things to to learn about life, and that's a message that really begins to be a thread through the entire movie, as we uh, we see those kinds of things happen with uh, various mentors that he comes in contact with, and and along the way we find out how he he gains his fortune and. Uh, uh, of course, becomes the billionaire. And uh, well, that if he, anyone that wants to, to learn more, they're going to have to watch the ultimate life. Uh, That's right. right. Okay. Yeah. Now, I know it's a lot of hard work as producer, but it's got to be a lot of fun too to put a movie like this together. It is a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's great to to see a team work together as as we have here. We have a phenomenal cast that uh, really understands the message and is is excited about the story and have done really well with their role and a great crew that uh, knows how to make movie magic happen when it needs to and do the special effects, do the the practical effects that need to happen, as well as just uh, all of the work that goes into making these scenes happen. Yeah, anytime I visit a movie set, I'm I'm just overwhelmed with the amount of detail, a detailed planning that has to go into these things. I mean, every little thing has to be just right. Otherwise, it, it destroys the scene, doesn't it? It's absolutely true. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's uh, interesting. You, you look at a, even just a newspaper that, that kind of is a headline that maybe takes you on to the next story. Uh, you know, I've, I've uh, pulled some of those props off after we've we finished using them. And I look at them and I said, wow, that really is a newspaper from 1941. And that is the headline <laughs> we needed. And, and, uh, but everything is very, very detailed. Yeah, you got to the track moment. all that stuff down and Absolutely. it's all got to be organized yeah. and put together and then yeah. all arranged and the scene shot. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. Tell me about your director for this movie. Well, Michael Landon Jr. is uh, just a really passionate guy who uh, really got this story. And uh, I'm very excited to have him on board and, and a part of this. Uh, we actually talked during the ultimate gift, and um, uh, I, I talked to him then at that point, and he said, "If you ever do another one, I'd love to love to be involved." And uh, I've gotten to know Michael through a couple other films that he shot here in the area, The Shunning and The Confession, and uh, we were fortunate to be able to work with him on those films. And so, uh, liked him as a guy, got to see him work as a director, and said, uh, "Yeah, I think this is right." And uh, so we brought him on board for uh, Ultimate Life, and uh, he's been a really great partner and a friend and, and has really had a great passion for the project. 
It's been amazing to see how movie making has has really started to pick up on this theme of biblical values. I know you've been a, an important part of that. Uh, this has got to be encouraging for you to see this happening all around you in, in addition to your own work. I think it, it, it is. And, uh, and I think what's, what's really, uh, really important to understand, and, and I talk about this a lot, but um, you know, when you look at how Jesus spoke in parables and how he, he told stories that, that, that really affected the lives of people, uh, you know, I think being able to do that and be able to bring in such a, a rich, you know, uh, history and a rich story content from from the Bible, uh, there's uh, there's so much there, and uh, there's so many ways to uh, uh, to to tell a story and 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 utilize those uh, those those values and and virtues and and uh, and and the things that 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 we can pull out of out of scripture and it's 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 pretty neat. I know uh one of the films I did a few years ago that uh uh the Bobby Jones Stroke of Genius movie. I, I had a a guy come to me later and give me a, a that he had created this this full, you know, it was 47 I think biblical messages that he had pulled that out of right? my movie. He used the movie and, as his curriculum. Yeah, and I said, "Wow, you know, I I mean, I I'm humbled that you found that many. I mean, and, but it was it was neat to see that uh, you know there there are so many places to go, uh, and and so many things that are relevant, and and I think it just tells us that God's word's relevant every day, yeah, that's all right. the time. Sure, it is, and uh, and it's it's amazing that uh, you know it, it it is, and 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 it never will come back void, and uh, through our stories that we tell, that uh, that those those messages just come alive and uh, it's, it's pretty neat to see. You can make the world's greatest movie, but it has to find an audience. And, right. and so you, you've begun to find this audience, haven't you? I think so. I mean, we've, we've uh, certainly with, with the ultimate gift, we, uh, uh, we were excited to see that, you know, it, it was a film that because of the way it was told with the values and virtues of, of life, we've had public high schools that have used it for curriculum. Uh, we've had, uh, you know, all kinds of different, age spans that, uh, you know, that have been interested. People ask you all the time, well, what's your demographic? I said, well, I thought I knew, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it was one of the longest running movies to ever run in a retirement village in, in, uh, in Florida. You know, uh, they, it just, it ran for over a year in a theater and, uh, in Ocala, Florida and this, uh, the, in the villages there. So uh, I don't know what the demographic is, but, uh, I, I'm, Excited that there's stories that I think do touch a lot of different lives, and, and this one I think even more so with uh, with the history that we're dealing with. You're having the time of your life, aren't you? I, I love doing what I do, and it's uh, it's it's great to to be able to work with uh, with the kind of people that I get to work with that uh, do things that amaze me every day. It's a collaborative effort. It's it's something that I don't think any one person can can dream up and do, and and certainly physically not do. But uh, I love the collaborative effort of working together with a team and seeing something come together and, and then seeing it uh, really affect people's lives and make a difference. Uh, it's, it's telling stories that can make a difference. God has deployed his followers everywhere, and Rick Eldridge has been dispatched to the world of entertainment to serve Christ. The movie The Ultimate Life will be seen on the Hallmark Channel on September 5 and released in theaters the next day, and the DVD release will come later. We'll put additional information about the film and where it may be seen on our website, firstpersoninterview.com. Just follow the provided links at firstpersoninterview.com. Next week, we'll talk about the Jesus People Movement in America with the author of God's Forever Family, Larry Eskridge. I hope you'll plan to join us then. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, 
I'm Wayne Shepherd. We'll see you here next week for First Person. 